1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Are the proposed overtime rule changes actually ones that you want to see? They're going to get voted on next week by the owners. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. So glad to have you with us today. We are going to get to Kyler Murray and if he is the next quarterback to be on the move in just a little bit, the next superstar quarterback. But we want to hear from you at 888-CESPN, 888-729-3776. We have the idea that the USFL is putting forward on a couple of fronts, a three-point try after touchdowns that would happen from the 10-yard line, an overtime shootout, a best-of-three from the two-yard line, and even an alternative to the onside kick, which would be having to convert a 4th and 12 from the 33-yard line. If you can convert that, you keep the ball, and many would think that that's a safer play because injuries can very much happen on the onsides kicks with all the collisions that they have in very short order. 888-SAY-ESPN. Courtney, let's get a couple of these calls in on the overtime rule changes that are proposed. Steve in Chicago is up next on ESPN Radio on Greeny. Steve, what's up?
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for my call. Yeah, real quickly, I'm just curious why everybody wants to get really cute when it comes to overtime. Like, you watch four-quarters of football football. In soccer, you watch 90 minutes of soccer. And then overtime comes, and you want to watch a completely different aspect of the game. Just, you know, play it out. Each team gets a possession and see who wins. Why do we have to add all these well, 2 the, and what tricks? The, what, what the
2: statistics say about the team that wins the coin toss and the amount of times that they win? So naturally, people are going to feel that it's unfair, Courtney, and frankly, justifiably so. I could live with the idea that the NFL is uh, – the one I could live with either of the ideas that the NFL is putting forward next week. Either you can win immediately if you score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion, or each team gets a chance to have the ball. Those are both fair. The,
0: yeah, the baseline here is that each team gets to touch the ball in overtime, and, and I agree with what Steve was saying. Like, you don't want to go all in and make it completely convoluted and, and just have to, like, create more chaos for yourself in undoing these rules down the line like keep it as simple as possible letting each team have a possession one chance each to go down the field whoever scores first um you know after that second possession if if neither team scores on their first wins the game it's logical it's the only thing that makes sense because so many times it feels like we're talking about like I'll give you an example when I covered the 2020 or 2019 season NFC wildcard game Vikings Saints yep. at the Superdome unbelievable game back and forth. I mean, it's the game that earned Kirk Cousins his first extension from the Minnesota Vikings. Honestly, like, I'm still picturing that throw a 40 plus yard throw to Adam Thielen. Um, There are going to be a lot of people who say they won that game because, A, Kyle Rudolph pushed off in the end zone, but also because they touched the ball first Hmm. in overtime. They won the coin toss for overtime, and they got the first possession, the only possession. Like, I just think we're missing out on some really incredible endings by not having overtime – be what we want it to be, in each team touching the ball, and that's got to change. Like, to me, of anything that's being proposed next week, and yes, we're seeing the tweets out there, Rich McKay, the uh, chairman of the competition committee, saying do not expect taunting to change. It looks like it's going to go forward. Coaches and um, you know, front office members and owners seem like they're okay with it.
2: Just be consistent. I think
0: it's dumb. Yeah. Uh, I think that it should probably go away. Talk about policing the game in a way that it shouldn't be. Um, but this one should absolutely be at the top of the list and get passed, you'd like to think, unanimously. It needs 24 votes to pass, but I don't see how you can't vote
2: for it. Let's hit Tom in West Palm Beach next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Tom, what rule change you want to see?
3: Well, let's make the uh, coin toss fair. Let's throw it out. Let's put both punters on the 50-yard line, and whoever kicks the ball closest to the goal line gets to choose what they want to do. That way you get the punters involved. Let them be a hero for one.
2: Yeah, I don't...
0: You know? I don't... I I, I actually don't hate the idea. Because I think, first off, I'm going to, you know... Uh, our colleague Dan graziano i am if I never have to see another coin toss tweet uh thrown shade at all of us at games right. when we tweet who ends up winning the coin toss and then which you know who's deferring you know who's starting on offense uh I always find that really funny on Sunday and seeing all of those coin toss tweets but I'd like to see something left more than just up to a 50-50% chance. You know what I mean? Because uh, uh, that's important. There are a lot of teams who try to do the double dip theory where, you know, you want to start out in the second half. You want to end with your possession, end the first half with the possession, start out with a possession in the second half. Whether Whether or not you believe in momentum in sports, I think it plays into effect right there. So I'd like to see the coin toss become maybe a little bit more competitive to see who actually gets to dictate how the game is going to start and who's starting on offense, who's starting on defense.
2: Honestly, I don't, I don't want to see the punters out there doing that. And I mean,
0: maybe not the punters, but is there another – can you think of any Well, Well, I think
2: about the, the, the first um, iteration of the XFL that we saw where they had two players run down the field scrambling for the football. And fighting each other to get the football down at the ten yard line. That Sounds
0: line. dangerous. It it,
2: it was. <laughs> and that's why I, I'm good leaving it up to a coin toss if in fact we are gonna give each side a chance to have the football. It's, I mean,
0: it's basically like if you did like the Plinko wheel, right? That's Plinko wheel. The I love big Plinko. wheel on the on I love the um, Plinko. On the, what's the show? The Price is Right. Whoever gets closest to a dollar, that's kind of what he was suggesting there with the punter, whoever gets closest to whatever. Courtney, you're talking about
2: the the showcase showdown. That's what you're talking about. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: But it's kind of the same thing, right? Just find like a different way to do it if you don't want to see the punters involved in dictating who, you know, ends up controlling the flow of the game, if you want to call it that. But I like that. That's an out-of-the-box idea that would change a, Otherwise, pretty mundane thing that actually does play into how games turn out.
2: It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny, coming to you live from the Seaport District Pier Seventeen. Brought to you by Chase. Couple more. Let's get Dan and Virginia in up next. Dan, what's going on, bud?
3: Yeah, I'm just listening in on the overtime rules.
2: Yeah, and what I know do you there's think? always
3: a time. There's always a time issue. Why not just put ten minutes on the clock? Each team gets two more timeouts and play it out. Because at some point it's sixty minutes. Because they don't want to play the full the ten minutes
2: if, if they don't have to. Because the players are never gonna go for that with the idea, Dan, that it's another ten minutes of potentially getting injured. Like if you're gonna play it out fully, I don't think you can do that.
0: And realistically, no one wants to see these games end at a tie after no. overtime. I've covered one of them that ended in a tie after overtime and it was miserable.
2: Yes. And we also don't want to see it end three-hour and 45-minute games either. Yeah. That's, that's not what we want to see. Lastly, Jimmy in Virginia. Jimmy, what do you got, bud?
3: Yes, sir. My thing is, is to just uh, don't worry about overtime. Just make the regular game so it don't go into overtime. Just make it to where if an extra point ties the game, you have to go for two. That would make the game more interesting and harder to go into overtime.
2: It's not, it's not terrible, um, and it kind of, it's similar to what the rule is being proposed by the Titans, but uh, I don't think that making them go for two is the way to do it if you're going to have each team have the ball anyway. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: I think so. Yeah. I think that if it's if you're going to end up getting that extra period and I know what Jimmy was saying is like eliminate that completely. Basically yeah. take your take that overtime rule, the one that was presented by the Tennessee Titans and move it into the end of regulation like you can win a game that way if it's tied. Yeah. It, it's it's I could get behind that, but I don't know I don't know if that one. I feel like you know, for the overall product itself, that's a complete departure. If you're just doing away with the extra period, yeah. which has been around for a very long time.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't see that either. Greeny,
3: the
1: podcast.
3: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift today. That's macy's.com slash gift Kyler Murray scrubbing
2: his Instagram.
3: Finally addressed.
2: We hear from the man himself, Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for on ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance. Also on ESPN plus and on your smart speaker play ESPN radio so when he scrubbed his Instagram before or right at the end of the season of anything Cardinals-related, he apparently did not mean much by it, even though his agent put out a statement within a day or two after that, uh, basically saying that we need a contract extension and need to see that the Cardinals are committed to us, or they need to trade us. So Kyler was asked yesterday about... The Instagram scrub, and did he take it down because he was mad at the organization?
1: No, that was, that was, that, like I said, that was, that was, if, if you're a kid my age, you, like you're used to, like, people take off all that, like, that's just a thing. And um, honestly, like I said, there, there was, I took everything off besides one picture, so it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the Cardinals or, um, or
2: anything like that. Courtney, you're a young person. Explain this to me. This
0: makes people like me and I know that I have a little bit of an age difference from there's a gap between myself and Kyler Murray, but this is why people hate millennials because of an <laughs> answer like that. And I hate myself because I'm technically a millennial. So thanks, Kyler. Like him stumbling through that answer of no, no, it's a, it's a thing that, you know, um, you know, if you're my age, um, you know, this is what you do. Uh, I had one photo. I left one photo up there. You know who else scrubbed his Instagram account of all things, his team before he eventually got traded Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I had to cover that Instagram gate that year in 2020, right before he was traded. And he was trying to play it off like, oh, you people are making such a big deal out of this. Like, it's not a big deal. I removed my Viking stuff. Who cares? Lo and behold, where does he play now, Chris? He plays yeah. for the Buffalo Bills because he wanted out of there. And whatever Kyler Murray was doing when this happened right before the combine he was sending a very clear message to the Arizona Cardinals. And you know why we know that? Because his agent put out that 5,000 word, tiny text screenshot that talked about Kyler Murray in the future and we know from what has been reported from insiders at ESPN that they want a contract extension done in the offseason because it makes it incredibly more difficult to hold out with the new CBA rules of not being able to recoup every single day that you miss of training camp. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers showed up on the eve of training camp last year?
2: Yeah. He, he missed, didn't want to
0: lose any of that money. He Kyler missed every Murray, single
2: voluntary thing.
0: Yeah, you can, and I, I assume that if a deal is not done – by the time that OTAs go, come around or mandatory minicamp, all of those spring things that the Arizona Cardinals have to take, you know, that will take place in Arizona, that Kyler Murray will not go to those if he does not have a deal in place.
2: You know, I personally think that eventually they're going to get a deal done. I don't think Kyler Murray is getting traded from the Cardinals. However... If he were to get traded, if the Cardinals were to put him on the block, you start to look around and it's a game of musical chairs, right? And there aren't as many landing spots as you might think at this point for Kyler Murray. Yeah, some teams would want to upgrade, but you're looking at the Saints, you're looking at the Eagles who have an awful lot. If they want to try to.
0: Three first round picks?
2: Yeah, make something happen before the draft. Jalen Hurts and two of our first round picks for Kyler Murray. I think that's something that would be at least appetizing to the Cardinals if they couldn't get something done. Not wanting to trade him in the conference, a concern perhaps. But what about Pittsburgh? You know, we asked Jeremy Fowler about it last hour. And his thought was, well, Pittsburgh's always been more of a conservative organization. I don't know that they would go and do something that big. But if you're telegraphing what you want to do in getting – a young quarterback or getting a new quarterback and you have these guys that are coming up in the draft that everybody seems to agree are nothing given across the board. These are not guys. This is a considered a weak quarterback draft and these are not guys who are definitively going to be stars. Why not try to put something together to go get your stars? And the best part about this Courtney is like, Maybe a year ago, you and I would have had this conversation and people would roll their eyes and say, why are you having this conversation? It's never going to happen. Well, you can't say that about anything anymore.
0: No. Yeah. Have you seen what free agency has become? We've talked about it all week. Free agency It's been more about trade, trades. Yep. Trade agency. That's what I'm going to start referring to it as after we saw so many different quarterbacks trade locations with one another over the last three weeks. So... I wouldn't rule anything out at this point, even if it does feel a little unorthodox for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What Jeremy had mentioned earlier in the show is that this is a team that typically telegraphs what they're going to do in the draft by Mm -hmm. which pro days they go to and who they have dinner with. Brooke Pryor, who covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for ESPN.com lays this whole thing out in an article that she has up today about where Mike Tomlin has been, where everyone in their scouting department has gone in the early part of pro day season. They saw Kenny Pickett on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin then went down to Lynchburg, Virginia, to have dinner with Malik Willis, who then had his pro day on Wednesday. So he saw him in the same day um, and then watched his uh, 70 throws that he made on that scripted workout where he did not run a 40, much to my chagrin. Um, But then they went down to watch Matt Corral at his pro day yesterday. So they're clearly looking for a quarterback. The tough part for the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, is, is that everyone knows that they're looking for a quarterback. They're drafting at 20. I don't know if they want to chance it here and hope that the guy that they want falls to them at 20 or if they're going to end up having to move up because it's, it's fodder season, right? It's smokescreen season. Who's to say a team like the Detroit Lions? I'm just going to throw this out there, and I want to see your reaction. Mm. At two, instead of Aiden Hutchinson... What if they take Malik Willis there? Because Mel Kuyper has them projected to take Matt Corral with a 30-second pick. Remember, they have two picks in the first round because of that golf trade from the Rams. What if they end up pulling a fast one on everyone? And maybe it's not so fast because they know they're doing it all along and end up taking Malik Willis, the quarterback that Pittsburgh might want, at two. How does that throw off the draft order?
2: Completely. Completely. And then you have other teams that might have been thinking in those you know, middle teens range or, or even Pittsburgh at 20 that starts to think, well, wait a second, if we like one of those other guys, we, we better make sure we go and get them. I, there's, so much, there's so much desperation now, Courtney, that is involved in decision-making because GMs get one crack at a quarterback, right? That that's basically it. And you better get it right. And it's a lot harder to get it right than ever before because you can't afford to wait the four and five years to let them develop because you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to pay them. That whole restructuring of paying guys at the top of the draft and the slot in a lot of ways, you know, it has worked against teams allowing players to develop because they don't want to make that investment if they're not sure they have their guy. So there are more desperate moves that happen.
0: Yeah. And it feels like smarter teams or teams are getting smarter and realizing it's okay. If you don't, if you don't feel confident about somebody after year two or three, it's okay to go ahead and draft another quarterback and continue your building at the position. Like, you don't have to wait until the wheels have completely fallen off to address this. And when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, they seem excited about Mitchell Trubisky, and, and maybe it does work out. Maybe this is a change of scenery that he needed, and we know he's coming in to compete at the quarterback spot. It's not his outright as a starter. He'll compete with Mason Rudolph right now. Those are the two that are on the roster. But maybe it does work out, and him away from Matt Nagy and a new offense and, and having a chance for a fresh start gives them not only a stopgap for now, but maybe a longer-term option. Or, when it comes to what we've been talking about with potential trades, might that shake things up even further? If you did bring in a Kyler Murray, because are you an instant contender if that happens in your Pittsburgh? I think you have a lot of needs still in the draft. Um, you know, you, They need to get a corner. They need to get a couple other pieces. But offensively, they're in a pretty good spot. So if they think they're a quarterback away – Mm. Then maybe they end up pulling off something that kind of seems like it wouldn't happen right now.
2: Well, here's Mel Kuyper Jr. from Daria Melvin, of course, the ESPN NFL draft expert on this just in this week, speaking about the Steelers' interest in Malik Willis. I had the Steelers locked into
3: Malik Willis, Mike Tomlin, the division now with Watson and Burrow and Lamar, okay, and the ASC with Josh Allen, Mahomes, and all the great quarterbacks, Herbert, right? Well, they're going to move up from 20. I don't think 20 is going to get you Malik Willis. I think you've got to move up maybe into that top 10. We'll see, but I think it goes higher than 20. And, Courtney, the Steelers have been
2: a little bit more aggressive the last few years. Mm-hmm. It was unheard of for them <clears throat> excuse me, to ever trade away a first-round pick to go get a player. They did that with Mika Fitzpatrick. It was unheard of for them to trade up to go get somebody, especially if they're not a quarterback, and they did that a few years ago with Devin Bush. They will get more aggressive. It is not going to shock me if that happens, if they feel like he's their guy. But, boy, if the Lions did throw that monkey Mm -hmm. wrench into the works, man.
0: I love the thought of that, just throwing everything off.
2: And just the massive drama that would create on draft night oh it would be absolutely amazing it's chris garland courtney Cronin and in for on espn radio and on espn plus and growing companies there are two kinds of cfos the one overwhelmed with manual processes errors and lack of control of the numbers and the one who uses NetSuite by oracle the number one cloud financial system with visibility and control of financials inventory hr planning Budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The ones that don't, don't. Head to NetSuite.com slash Greeny for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's NetSuite.com slash Greeny. Up next, it is the segment that America waits for each and every week. It involves Bubba. It is who you got. Rapid fire takes on all sorts of different issues. And, Courtney, whether you realize it or not, you said something this last few moments that we, we need to get clarification on because it's a little contradictory to something you said earlier in the week. I'll we'll call you out on it next. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin for Greenie on ESPN Radio. Way to sell the uh-oh.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
3: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Previously on Greeny.
2: It is Coach K and Duke going up against Texas Tech. Will this be it for Coach K in his career, or will he live to make the Western Regional Final and face either Gonzaga or Arkansas?
0: I kind of feel like this is the end of the line.
2: And the run for Coach K continues. He's not done yet. Wow.
0: Oops. Wow. It's amazing what in-game adjustments can do to keep a team afloat. Headed to the Elite Eight. And going zone,
2: and all of a sudden you're befuddled by it.
0: (laughs) They, They played against one of the best defensive teams in the tournament, and I can, you know, hats off to them. I was wrong.
2: That was your weekly rewind, brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at eight seven seven Ask Dell. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I do think, though, that given the fact that you and I have done this all week long, that feels like it is ending your week on a bit of a sour note. No? That, that, that I, I
0: can admit when I'm wrong. I know you told no, us. No, that
2: the bubble would come back and, and rub it in on you. Because that's what just happened here. I mean, we I, neither one of us knew what it was definitively going to be unless you just assumed that that was the case.
0: Well, Bubba did say it would be Duke-related. So I thought that that was what it was going to end up becoming because right. I thought about we only talked about Duke yesterday. So it's okay. I'm okay. I'm actually – I feel great today. Okay. This is – we're at the weekends here. We did five days straight of greenie. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't gotten owned up until this point. I will take the L.
2: Listen, it's not even taking the L. It is what we talked about yesterday with Diana. In this business, you never admit you're wrong. <laughs> if you were wrong, it never happened. You don't remember that. Let but what the, if there's
0: proof, Chris? Let, like old takes exposed,
2: let old takes exposed bring that out. Leave it to the professionals to do that.
0: I think no. the professional is currently, like, running our show from behind the scenes.
2: Well, yeah, that was an unnecessary dagger from I know, Bubba. I'm basically,
0: like, giving him credence for shading me there. Yeah,
2: you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. I you sound kind of
0: weak right now. Goodness. You
2: could hold that against Bubba for quite some time, and it would back. be completely understandable on your part. I do want to clarify something you said last segment versus something that you said earlier in this week, and I, frankly, am was a little bit more confused by it than you know being wrong on a take i mean who cares you said earlier in the week i'm not a millennial i might be technically but i'm gen c i'm my own thing we're generation courtney here that's what we are i don't want any part of being those one of those people and then today you just admitted to being a millennial
0: okay has your stance changed no, and I ended up actually, like, messing this whole thing up because I looked during the break. Millennial, like, where do millennials end? Where does Gen Z start? Where does Kyler Murray fall into the mix? <laughs> Technically speaking, according to this article that I'm reading which from the internet, so it's obviously correct, that the last year <laughs> to qualify as a millennial in terms of birth year was 1996. So anything after that is Gen Z. Kyler Murray is 24 years old. August 7th, 1997. So he's Gen Z. I, technically speaking, am a millennial. August 1st, 1990. I didn't just barely miss the cutoff. I'm kind of right in the thick of it because it starts, you know, midway through the 80s. Of course... To myself, I am my own generation. Gen Z, I mean, I don't want to like, no one wants to call themselves a millennial because it has such a negative connotation with it. But honestly, I think it's the Gen Z part bleeding into the millennial mix that makes people like myself look terrible.
2: I think we can agree that Gen Z is the worst. How about
0: that? Because I would never have done what Kyler Murray would have done. I would have been straight up about it and said, give me my contract. I don't want to run into a situation where I'm trying to hold out for it and you people are going to screw me out of my money. During training camp, give me my contract. I wouldn't delete my Instagram post. He didn't actually delete them, Chris. He archived them.
2: (laughs) And as someone who is slightly older than you, I absolutely would have been a lot more passive-aggressive about it than even he was, because that's what I do. What
0: what generation are you, technically?
2: X. Gen X, technically. The Great Depression.
0: (laughs) Wow. See Again. okay so I'm not it's not just me who's getting attacked. Here.
2: No, it's not. It's it's a full on I mean on, I've been listening
0: in breaks. I get it.
2: It is a full on bubba onslaught. That is what has been happening all week long.
3: Life is a series of choices. Who you got?
2: Make
1: a decision. Say it. Say it. All right. I'll say it. Who you got?
2: Speaking of which America asked for it, so you got it. Chris Garland, Courtney Cronin, in Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bubba is here with the segment that we all wait for each and every week. He has got who you got. Bubba, go.
1: All right. Which team wins more games this year, Chiefs or Dolphins? Who you got? Are you willing to say Dolphins? Come on.
0: I'm not. I don't know about Tua. He's the big question mark in this whole equation of bringing Teron Armstead over, bringing Tyreek Hill over via the trade and sending all of that draft capital back to the team that's going to end up winning more games. At the end of the day, Chris, it's all about quarterback play in the NFL. And while I'm not picking the Chiefs to win the AFC West, I still think – very obviously, they have the far superior quarterback who can make a lot more happen than what Tua has in his skill set when a play breaks down or he's not able to find somebody deep down the field.
2: Yeah, I uh, I got to go with the Chiefs still. And while we talked about how the Tyreek Hill move affects them maybe more than people really realize, and they're understandably putting all of their trust in Patrick Mahomes to make everybody else better – Let's look at it this way. It can't be all jet sweeps. It can't be all bubble screens. And if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're right. You cannot get the football down the field. That's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue at some point soon. And it's not even like Teddy Bridgewater has a cannon at this point in his career either.
0: And and that's what's so interesting that, like, Diana Rossini, when she was on with us yesterday, talking about, well, that's why they signed Teddy Bridgewater. It's not... You know, was he not known as, like, the check-down king in Minnesota when he was playing here in the early part of his career? I I don't know if it's that much of an upgrade when you're talking about, like, downfield throws, but that kind of says something about how they feel their capabilities are with Tua at quarterback.
1: Next. All right, we're down to you. 12 teams left in the NCA tournament. Who you got winning it all now? Oh, God, who knows?
2: Honestly, you know... Last blood. night, I, I would have said after the first games when Gonzaga went down, I would have said Arizona, and then Arizona loses. I Why not St. Peter's, honestly, okay. right, right now? Go, could stranger things happen than that? Wow, bold pick. <laughs> why not? Everybody else is losing. Why not? Give me I, the peacocks.
0: I think it Let's will go, end Jersey. up actually being Houston. They are so good, and yeah. they are so well coached, and they have been here at this stage of the Final Four before, and I mean, I'm not crowning them that they've already gotten there, but they're at the Elite Eight, and they played terrific basketball yesterday, yep. and really throughout the stretch of this entire tournament, and, and you know, even before that, the win streak that they went on to get into the NCAA tournament weeks ago with conference play. I think that this is finally the year that Kelvin Sampson gets his team to the Final Four, to the National Championship, and wins one.
2: Yeah, listen, they got there last year. I get it. And defensively, they are tough. They are very tough.
1: Well, we discussed this yesterday off air, but apparently they're making a new Fletch movie. Can oh. I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. <laughs> nice place you have here. One of my favorite movies, just <laughs> just an all-time Say great, great. One. So they're they're based it's it's not a remake I guess it's an update it's it's based on the book Confess Flesh which I guess is one of the later ones. John Hamm is not going to be playing Fletch. So he got? Well first of all, as Courtney ever? it? No, seen, I haven't but, seen, oh my seen it. God. I, I
0: knew this was coming my way. No, <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't God. seen it. Is it che- is it the Chevy Chase movies? Yes.
2: As okay. as Bubba said the other day, typical Gen C movie. Yeah, that's rough. Sorry.
1: I mean, yeah. it is a great I'm sorry.
0: Like, you, you, you set yourself up for failure, though, because you know my limitations, and you knew that I wasn't going to know what the movie is. So basically, you guys are kind of like the Miami Dolphins, and you know that I'm Tua in this sense, that I can't really throw the ball downfield, yet you gave me all of these receivers that are supposed to somehow like make me into a better quarterback. So the, honestly, the joke's on you guys. I didn't set myself up for failure here.
2: Well, here, here's the you thing. Knew,
0: you knew who I was when you recruited me.
2: <laughs> Number one. Go watch it. You will enjoy it. It's the greatest. And it does... It's not something that's like... You're not watching something from 1954. It's from the 80s. It's not that old. Even though it's coming up on 40 years, which is just... Wow, I get a little depressed. Here's the thing about Fletch. I, I hate it when Hollywood tries to redo something that's already awesome. Because they don't have any other ideas. And I love... And respect John Hamm. If you're gonna do it, I'm good with the casting, but I'm a, I'm still upset that they're doing it. I mean, Courtney, what would be put it in this terms? Fletch is a top three to four movie for me of all time. What would you consider one of your top movies, and how upset would you be if it got remade?
0: I mean, it, and this was a movie before my time, but like I've it's one of my favorite sports movies. All the the remakes of Major League. Yeah, that's that. Would that fit? Does that qu- classify? Sure,
2: if it's okay. one of your top movies, do you want to see one of your favorite movies of all time remade?
0: Okay, well, like, think about it this way: What if it's a definitive storyline? Could you remake Titanic? Titanic two? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean. No, the but... great
0: surface float. The boat all of a sudden comes up to the surface, and Rose and Jack, and that storyline ends up getting to like but it's, it's live not another even really day.
2: It's really Titanic two. All right, I mean, if could
0: there, there be one? See, that one doesn't wouldn't make any sense to have a remake. That I could, I wouldn't be able to hate on that one because it would be a completely different story than like what the actual historical events were. Yeah,
2: I just I hate the fact that they have trouble coming up with new ideas. That's all, and so. Let's remake it. Let's, let's kick something around for Fletch to do out of one of those books. People Bubba, love
0: those Fast and the Furious. Aren't there like 10 of them? Yeah,
2: there are like 15 of them, I think. Baba, uh, are you upset about this or not?
1: Uh, I mean, I just got to hear some more from Fletch here.
3: You would like something to eat or drink, senor? Actually, I would. Yeah. Charge it to the end senor. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, do you have any caviar? Si, <laughs> sí, senor. Peluga, but it is $80 a portion. <laughs> well... Better just take two portions of that, huh?
1: <laughs> All the uh, steak sandwich and, and uh, a steak, steak sandwich. sandwich. Uh, I mean, I kind of do. I mean, John Ham had a pretty great uh, appearance on curb last, yes. last season and a half. He was pretty funny, so I'm putting there my, might be hope for this. I mean, I'm putting my trust in him. Yeah, I mean, it's, no way am I expecting to be anywhere near as good as the first one, but I'm a little I was pleased with how funny John Ham was on curb. So yes. maybe there's hope here, but it's, I mean, if, like you said, I mean, I would agree. It's probably top three, top five for me too. It's, yeah, there's it, just it's so a, many lines. There's so, the whole movie is just Courtney. I, th- I, I think you would like it. I think you would like it.
0: All right, well Take then maybe, maybe this weekend. Maybe.
2: <laughs> you said that so indignantly. <laughs> yeah, all right, I mean, maybe this weekend. You, you know, jerk. know how many
0: shows and movies <laughs> I tell people that I'll put on my list because I watch like three things. Cause I'm very boring, and I'm like horrific when it comes to pop culture and all of like the fun things that people know about. Like well, I'm Chris
1: like, and I will be watching Law and Order too. Yeah. We'll be watching that. Yeah, See? not... I've seen that. Talk about it. Another... Oh, well, there's 20 years worth of episodes. so yeah. it's, it's hard to have missed. I watch the old ones <laughs> the new ones. Eh, kind of a disgrace. Next, anyways, yesterday was National Cocktail Day. So, who hmm. you got as your favorite cocktail, Courtney?
0: Old fashioned all the way. Okay, that's
2: solid. I'm I'm strictly a beer guy. And I know you'll find that surprising. Uh, I am very much a a beer guy. I am very much a Corona guy. Uh, Very simple. Give me a lime. We're good.
1: Bubba? Um, Yeah, I mean, I would probably go more beer than anything, but I I like a good Moscow Mule. Okay. Those are fun.
0: Very millennial of you. That Uh, is very millennial of you. you, Even more millennial would be to say if you like espresso martinis, because apparently those are making a comeback. Oh,
1: my God. I've never had that in my life. Uh,
0: They're overrated. You're a Red Bull and vodka guy
2: at one point, I bet.
1: Go ahead. Um, All right, so let's do this last one quick. A couple of years ago, I think we mentioned this sort of last week, Nuno and I had to eat some things because of the NCAA tournament. I had to have mayonnaise, sardines, and something called grass jelly. Nuno, he ate pig's ears and the special jelly beans that have various gross tastes. So who had it worse? Me or him? You did.
0: You did. There's mayonnaise involved. Yeah. That's a death sentence. Hate
2: mayonnaise. Hate Yeah, the news. previous
1: producer couldn't even do it, so I went in the next day and I had it, but he had to give up. He couldn't what do it. What a hero you are. Yeah. You you stepped up. I mean. Again, this is why
2: America it. loves who you got, because they know the character of the individual in charge of who you got. I
1: mean, Nuno was eating pig's ears. That's pretty gross. I know, but I listen,
2: honestly, I could make that happen over mayonnaise any day of the week without even blinking been a fun week
0: Courtney it has
2: been so fun well we'll enjoy it more I get to do feeling that maybe you have had enough of us
1: thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 eastern on ESPN radio and see it with the video on ESPN plus also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast